podcast, a podcast about music, health, wellness, and activism that will help you to find balance between life as a musician and self-care through health and wellness. I am Jazzy Piggott, a tuba player, composer, certified personal trainer, writer, and podcaster based in Baltimore, Maryland. So today, I am here with our first guest on the podcast, my best friend, Kaylee Bernard. So to read her bio... Kaylee is a second-year master's student in saxophone performance and music theory at Michigan State University. She completed her Bachelor's of Music Education at Central Michigan University with Professor John Nichol. Music is highly expressive, and Kaylee enjoys sharing these experiences with others, whether it is through analysis, teaching, performance, or collaboration. Her goal is to not only create impactful emotional experiences through her performances, but to also provide young musicians with the tools to express themselves. In addition, she has begun to explore her own identity as a female saxophonist through her classical music studies. She aims to work towards more representation in the field of music so that students can see their identities and perspectives represented and valued. On the side, Kaylee is also an ultramarathoner, having completed, uh, I think, three 50Ks this summer alone. So in this episode, we talk about running, how to overcome general mental hurdles, ways to find your perfect activity, and the differences between cardio and resistance training. Before we begin, I just want to highlight some of the benefits of running, since I didn't really say that during the episode, but... Some studies have shown that running just five minutes a day has been linked to reduced risk of death from heart attack or stroke, reduced risk of cardiovascular disease, lower risk of developing cancer, and a lower risk of developing neurological diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's diseases. So if after this episode you decide you want to consider running, I endorse the C25K app or Couch to 5K, which is in the Apple App Store and probably Google, I don't know you Android folks, but it's what I used last year to start running for the first time. And now look at me a year and a half later running a half marathon after never running a day in my life. So great app. Anyways, let's welcome Kaylee. I hope you enjoy the interview. Tell me more about you, Kaylee. Um, I am studying saxophone and music theory at MSU, and I did my undergrad at CMU. I did a music education degree, so I really enjoy teaching, but I also really like playing the saxophone, especially in saxophone quartet. Um, And then one of my hobbies that we're going to talk about today is I really like to run. Okay. Are there any more like causes you're extremely passionate about, or does that cover everything? Um, so in my, in my theory research, I really want to make theory more relevant and applicable for people. So in both a community sense, but also at the university level, finding repertoire to study in the classroom that students are working on, but also broadening the repertoire that they're working on. Um, just from my experience, like the saxophone repertoire, a lot of our standards are the same couple pieces. And so um, finding ways to bring in 
new music or to study the music of composers who have been underrepresented in the past or our current composers who are living, I think is really important, especially since I want students to be able to see themselves in the music that we're studying and that they are performing and the performers that we listen to too. So that's something that is really important to me. And we've kind of connected about that before is being able to see yourself in the field. And so that's really important to me. And then uh, something that you talk a lot about in the podcast is just um, focusing on mental health as well as we're trying to live our lives and be healthy physically too. I think mental health is really important for students, especially. Yeah. So just like a question, as far as changing the theory curriculum to kind of reflect like the people in it, how do you do that? Because I know a lot of the curriculum is kind of based on the the standard period where all theory is kind of based on Mozart and what he did back in like the 1700s. So how, like, will we have to change the entire curriculum in order to break out of that, that hole? Um. I think that we don't have to change the entire thing because that's still an important part of music history. Kind of like what we talked about in Dr. Ray's class, I think contextualizing things is important. So like, here's what was considered the, the classics, but why was that? What was going on around that? And then there would have to be some changes in terms of, especially like jazz music that doesn't follow the same progressions necessarily are the same rules that counterpoint would it'd be more of a generalized approach because and it would depend on your setting in a conservatory setting this might not be uh, as much of an option and depending on the administration but i think that we probably don't need as much of an emphasis on on some of the concepts and we could use that time to talk about different approaches to music how do different cultures and genres make music and what's important about those types of music and so it would be some redoing but i think i think it'd be worth it okay one day we'll get there yes yeah it's (laughs) such a big a big project that i i can't wrap my mind around it but i'm just trying to take little steps towards that so like right now i'm just focusing on saxophone repertoire and okay so what are what are things that we could talk about that would help us understand the music better and kind of approaching it from that perspective and seeing how that might line things out. And I haven't gotten very far into that, but some of it does align with the current trajectory of the curriculum, just in a slightly different way. It's from like more of a different perspective, if that makes sense. Yeah. So another clause you said you were passionate about was like mental health and incorporating wellness into musicians' lives. So you mentioned that you're an avid runner because you are, and I think I've mentioned that before in the podcast before. <laughs> so can you talk more about how you got started in running? Yeah, I, I had actually run cross country and track through junior high and high school. But then when I got to college, I kind of fell out of it because it was hard to keep up with that same level of running, I would feel bad that, well, I'm not as fast as I used to be, or I would try to go out and, okay, I need to run three to five miles for this to be a workout. And then when I couldn't do that, I'd get really discouraged. And so I'd quit and then I'd go a couple months without running. (laughs) And then I would try to come back and run like five days in a row. And then I would quit because I was really tired and I couldn't do it. So it was a lot of back and forth. And then 
last year, I had been listening to a lot of podcasts about ultra running. And I thought that sounded like the coolest thing in the world. (laughs) And so I just started going out and running a little bit at a time. And if it was slow, that was okay. And I had a really, really hard time with that. But after a while, it got to the point where running wasn't a punishment or my speed or distance wasn't a reflection of like how good I was. It was the fact that I was getting out there and connecting with myself and enjoying running. And then I found that the more that I did that and focused on that, I was able to up my running, I guess, really gradually, (laughs) very, very gradually, but slowly I could run for longer and longer and I was getting to be running more consistently because I didn't have this negative association with it that, okay, well, if I don't run a certain pace, I'm bad. And I mean, that's, that's not going to motivate me to run. (laughs) Uh, So I guess reframing that got me into, into running again. How long into running did it take you to develop that relationship with it? Because I feel like I still kind of struggle with that. Oh my gosh, I do kind of hate this, but I'm still doing it. (laughs) So I'm still working on it. (laughs) Um, I, I definitely, it's getting a lot easier, but there are still days, especially on hard days where I feel like I'm just working as hard as I can. And all I have in me is four miles and it's a slow four miles. And it's like, you know, that's okay. You did it. And there are going to be bad days. Not every day is going to be fast. And your, your goal isn't to be fast. It's to be healthy and to enjoy running. Uh, so I just have to remind myself of that when I start getting down and thinking, okay, this is terrible. I'm terrible. I'm slow. This is hard. I want to quit. <laughs> so what do you enjoy most about running? I really like being outside and especially when we're in school, like, okay, I've been in the music building from early morning until late night. I haven't seen the sun in six hours. Uh, That really makes me feel depressed. (laughs) And so, yeah, yeah, running is my chance to get outside. And I find that I still have some anxiety, but it doesn't build up as much if I give myself that chance to step away from what I'm doing and have time with my thoughts and just appreciate like, Oh, what, what is going on around me? What do I see? What do I hear? What do I smell? And getting energized from exercise that that's really important to me. And so then when I come back to do work, I'm much more effective because I've had that, it's kind of like my me time or meditation. I've never been able to stick with meditation, even though I've tried. But for me, running is kind of meditative because of those things. I'm focusing on that instead of the running list of, oh my gosh, I have to do this. I have to do that. I need to eat. I need to do that. And it's just a nice break. Okay. So how do you actually fit your runs into your day? Because you run more than most people. And I know I even like struggle to do my one long run a week. because I'm like, when do I have like two hours to myself to just go on a run? So how do you figure that out and balance that with your music career? Yeah, it's definitely a challenge, but some of that goes back to, I'm actually more productive if I get that break. 
Um, and so the time that I do have left over, I can use more efficiently than if I were to just keep pounding my head against the wall, trying to get my work done. Um, and then also your, your episode on scheduling uh, really resonated with me because I had been trying to get up early before classes and go for a run. And that was not working out for me. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I was sad. I didn't want to do it. And so as soon as I quit trying to do that and I just put my runs later in the day, like, okay, I have a couple hours between this class and this class or this class in a rehearsal, I can go get my run in now. Um, it's so much easier to accomplish that. I'm getting more sleep. So I have the energy to accomplish that and then finish my work. And I'm putting that in the point of my day where I can be the most productive at that activity. I'm not a good morning runner. I, I feel terrible and tired the whole time, but I can get up and do homework in the morning. And so just flip-flopping those things around has made a really big difference in terms of finding that time and sticking with it. But there are definitely times where I don't get as long of a workout in as I wanted to, or I am trying to cram it in at the end of the day. So it definitely isn't perfect, but being able to be okay with that has helped me come back and, okay, today wasn't what it was supposed to be. Tomorrow is going to be, I'm still going to try my best. Will you ever sacrifice your schoolwork for a run or vice versa, I guess? I mean, because I know if I have a lot of work to do, I might skip my workout and then that, I don't know if that's the best habit or not to develop, but what's your take on that? I guess, yeah, it's kind of like on, on the scale of what is the most pressing need right now. And so if something really has to be done, I'll usually prioritize that, but I still try to find time to prioritize the running because I am a better person. When I get those runs in, I feel better. I act better. <laughs> I, I can function better. And so if I just suck it up and take that time, even if it's just 30 to 40 minutes and go for a run, I'm going to do a better job at all of the other things that I have that day. And I try to keep that in mind so that I can still keep running a priority and not push it off unless I absolutely have to. Okay. So would you say it's important for musicians and other busy people to have some sort of side activity like running? Why or why not? I think a lot of times, especially musicians, we kind of define our worth by our musical ability, which is really unhealthy because that's subjective, first of all. But also we're so much more than just like our musicianship. And I think it's really good to have those interests where you can find value in yourself and other things and be proud of yourself and other things and not feel like the only thing I have to do is is saxophone and schoolwork because at some point at least for me I get burnt out if I'm just trying to do that and so if I'm having a really bad day and my practicing is not productive and it's just not going well if that was all I had I'd probably just have a really bad day but it's nice to be able to put that away and say okay you know what 
right now this is not going so well. I'm going to go engage in something that is going to be good for me and is going to get me back in a healthy headspace. And so running, reading, writing, you know, it can be anything. Running just happens to be great because it's also helping your physical well-being too. But it just gives you more of a sense of, I guess for me, it gives me more of a sense of I'm a person and I'm not just like a saxophonist. There's a lot more to life than just being good at my instrument or my craft. I can enjoy other things and I can contribute to other areas. And, and that's actually a good thing. It's not, not negative. Okay. Yeah, that's very, that's a very good point there. So how would you recommend for other people to find something like that? Because I know most people, especially when I talk to my clients about how I'm like training for a half marathon, they're like, what are you doing? Like, why are you running? I don't ever like running. So how, how would you suggest people find something that might resonate with them as a side activity to kind of take off that, that stress? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say, I guess the opposite of that, don't do something that other people are doing just because they're doing it and it's their activity. Like if you don't like running, don't run, you know, (laughs) otherwise you're just going to keep putting it off and it's not going to feel like a, a fun activity or a hobby. It's going to feel like another obligation. So if there's something that you read about or that you heard about or that you're talking about and you feel excited about it or curious about it, I would say, pursue that interest and curiosity and see where it leads for anything. If you're starting a new activity or hobby, don't worry when you're not good at it right away. Uh, that's, that's part of the fun is realizing that, okay, I'm a beginner at this again. I haven't been like, we've been practicing our instrument for years and years. And now this new thing is, is a new skill and we need to develop that from the beginning. So just be patient with yourself and make sure that you're always enjoying it, I guess. Yeah. So I'm just going to throw that term out there, growth mindset. If you've been listening to my podcast or reading my blog, um, just falling in love with the process and trying to be a better person with everything you do rather than getting stuck on messing up or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So is there any way you ever directly connect running to sax playing? That's a question that I get asked sometimes, like, especially in terms of cardio and breathing. (laughs) But I, I guess, I don't know that I have any direct connections, but it's more of running has helped me develop a mindset that's much more resilient than I used to be like going for a long run as you know that can be very difficult especially when you know exactly how much longer you have to go and it's not as short as you would like it to be just finding a calm feeling in that and not worrying about how much you have left to do but just like you said enjoying the process enjoying the moment and you know right Right now I might be struggling a little bit, but that's okay. And I'm going to keep working at this. And so playing the saxophone isn't like the same skill as running, but it's kind of the same concept of, okay, this might feel difficult right now, but it's a process. And if I keep working through it, 
it's going to get better. It's going to get easier. So kind of, I guess, mental, not toughness, but I guess mental strength in order to feel less thrown off by uh, failure or setbacks and just accepting that as part of the learning process. So that goes back to your growth mindset. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I actually never thought about the level of, um, I guess, mental strength. I feel like there's a better term for it that I just can't think of right now. Same. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it's, I haven't thought about how it requires the same thing. Like when you're running forever and also spending hours in a practice room, like it's that same level of focus that you need to be maintaining for both of the activities. And maybe that makes musicians, I guess, more likely to pursue some athletic endeavors if they are. I know there's like quite a few musicians who have like side careers doing marathons or triathlons and stuff like that. So I wonder if that's just a correlation there because of that. I think it could be there. There's definitely something (laughs) people say that runners are crazy, but musicians are also kind of crazy. So maybe (laughs) it is some kind of mental thing where we just were attracted to something that is a challenge, but we're willing to continue working at something. Resiliency. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Oh, I also, just to share, I guess, something I hadn't thought about was, um, I guess, connecting my tuba playing to running and exercise in general. Professor Brown, last week during my lesson, we were talking about my warm up activities and she's just like, okay, so you need to put this warm up and pretend you're on a 30% incline. I'm like, mind blown. Cause I never thought about that before and actually putting in more effort. And like that just, it just hit the switch inside of me where I knew suddenly like, this is how I need to work better because I put that connection in there. That's really cool. So do you have like a worst run story? A. Okay. I've had had a lot of bad runs. One that sticks out to me, it was one of my, it was before my first ultra. And so I was trying to go on my longest run I had ever done. I was trying to go for 24 miles and I got a couple hours into it and I was not happy. I was hot. I was hungry. I was tired, I was moving slow, and I just felt like I was never going to get there. And I even called my mom and I I was talking to her on the phone and then I was like, I just want to quit. I just want to stop. (laughs) There was silence on the other end of the line. (laughs) And um, that kind of made me laugh and that helped me switch my mindset around because, you know, moms are like, okay quit that's fine (laughs) um and so in that moment it was kind of reassuring to me that this is really tough but the only person that can decide that I'm going to do this and that I can do this is me and understanding that I have the choice to either quit right now or keep trying that made a big difference and I I wanted to keep trying. I didn't want to just give up. And so it was still really rough. <laughs> it's not like I just suddenly 
up and went off with the clip and like at a nice clip. No, it was it was it was still pretty rough, but that at least kind of helped me gather my determination and say, no, I'm going to finish this run. And that's helped me because now I know that even even when it's really, really hard and I don't want to be doing it and I'm tired and it hurts that there's part of me that wants to give up, but I also know that I don't, like I know when I don't need to give up. There are times where I definitely quit a workout early if like I have pain or it's not good for my body. That's a completely different thing. <laughs> I'm not saying just push through that, but um, knowing that mental aspect of it and knowing myself well enough to say, do you really need to stop or are you just trying to take the easy way out because you're feeling like you're not able to do it? You think, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I'm not running fast enough. Oh, that's too far for me. And so just trying to reframe that and think, no, you can do it. Just take it one step at a time, even if it is terrible, even if it is slow, even if you have to walk, just, just try and generally once I try, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're so inspirational. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, you've definitely, a lot of what you've said has helped me to get through those running lows because I'll go on some runs and it's just not happening, but I'll be like, okay, like Kaylee said, just, just try to push through, like, just get to that next tree. Okay. I get to the next tree and then just kind of keep going until you're past all the trees. And I would say that that's something that's ah, sorry. I just touched something. Okay. I would say that that's, um, definitely helped me. So I hope people listening to this can take a benefit from that. I also remember the word it's discipline. We're all disciplined. Ah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. And with the, I guess with those mini goals and continuing to try it, it actually aligns with what you talk about with just trying an activity for five minutes. Um, except this is encountering a roadblock in the middle of the task instead of at the beginning of a task, but it's the same concept. Um, when, when you encounter those feelings of, oh, I can't do this, giving yourself that extra time to try and then realizing, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I can't do this. Uh, it's the same as when, when you talk about just getting started and trying it for five minutes. Usually you end up completing the activity because the hardest part was getting started. Yeah. So what advice do you have for people who might be interested in starting running? Start slow and not a lot of distance. Even if you've run in the past, um, your body needs time to build up to distances. And generally, it's a lot slower process than we think. Like I started out, I think I was running maybe a mile for my first couple runs. Maybe it might have been even less because I hadn't run in a while. And even though I felt like I could run further, I wanted to stop while I still felt good because if you're pushing yourself too early and you're running more than your body 
is prepared for that's setting yourself up for injury and potentially not failure, but um, not being able to keep up with that habit. And so just developing a consistent routine of I'm going to go run for 10 minutes. I'm going to go run for a mile. Um, And you don't have to do it every day when you start out. Maybe you start out once a week or maybe you start out just walking every day and then you run once a week. Um, It's hard not to feel like we have to go all in when we set a new goal, but it definitely makes a much more, I guess, maintainable habit. If you're doing it just consistently and little by little, you'll be able to build up to your goals rather than just trying to jump in and then you can't maintain it, I guess would be a point of advice. Yeah. And then as, as a trainer, um, if you are just starting running, don't run multiple days in a row. Like I cannot stress that enough. It is very Running in general is just very stressful on the body because it's a lot of work and especially on your knees, you're pounding and it might not feel like you need that rest day, but if you're just starting, you actually need that rest day because if you keep running every single day on like your first week of running, even though you feel like you can keep going, eventually you're going to hit a wall and you're going to start overtraining and then your body's not going to progress. So Keep that in mind. That's really important. And rest days are important even when you have been running for a long time. And I have to keep reminding myself of that so I don't feel guilty for taking a rest day. But if we don't give that time to recover, yeah, we're not going to improve. Even if you're running like 20 miles or something, you still need need the rest day. Yes. And then even if you're hesitant to take a rest day because you're like, oh, no, I'm not exercising then do an active rest day where maybe you walk. Okay. Don't do what I do or what I did do and like walk eight miles a day on your rest day. Cause that's not resting. Like (laughs) even it's active. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's exercise. That's a lot of work. So don't do that, but just try to be like base level active, like maybe 10,000 steps and no more than that. And yeah. That was really good. All right. Do you have anything else you want to say on running? I don't think so. I guess I I was kind of wondering about your process because it was a little bit different than mine. You started out where you were mostly focusing on resistance training and weight training. And I don't do as much of that, but I want to get into it. So could you, from a trainer's perspective, talk about balancing the resistance training and weight training with running and cardio? Because they're kind of opposite goals but they do benefit one another yes so resistance training and cardio are basically their opposite goals right now because i'm training for a half marathon i had to cut back on my resistance training because you can't do both so if you're trying to do one goal you need to figure out which thing it is you're trying to accomplish and do better so for people if you're trying to run an endurance event focus on that goal don't try to like put a PR on your bench or something like that's not what you're doing at that moment. You should be focusing on getting to that event. However, if you're doing something like weight loss or muscle, muscle gain or body recomposition, you should be focusing primarily on strength training. The way I talk about cardio versus resistance training when it comes to weight loss or body recomposition is to 
think about it like you have to dig a hole or a tunnel. So let's say you have to dig a tunnel. So going at it with cardio is like taking a spoon and trying to dig that tunnel with a spoon. So you can theoretically start building the tunnel with the spoon, but if you actually take the time to save up money to get a full shovel, it's gonna be a lot faster. So that's what resistance training is. You're building up your muscle and you're increasing your metabolism so that you burn more at rest and you'll be more efficient in the future for when you do decide to add that cardio in. So that's how I would say um, approaching cardio and resistance training for weight loss. Then if you're not focused on weight loss or recomp and you're just kind of trying to maintain an active lifestyle, then I would say just find what you enjoy the most and focus the most on that. I think everybody should have some sort of resistance training. I'm not living what I'm preaching right now, but everyone should have some sort of like at least two days a week where you focus on weights or just body weight exercises and just try to work on resistance training because that keeps your muscle up. It's going to prevent you from injury in the future and it's going to keep your metabolism going because otherwise cardio actually slows down your metabolism because your body is looking to be as efficient as possible. So maybe Kaylee, like the first time she ran 20 miles, like she ran or she burned like 20,000 calories or something. As she continues to run 20 miles and she's doing that consistently, her body's gonna figure out, okay, I can do this in only 10,000 calories. Because if your body didn't do that, people would run themselves to death. So you, you want to be efficient. Going back to general wellness, so if you enjoy running, then, then run, but just try to make sure you get some resistance training in there. And then if you enjoy weightlifting, okay, lift weights. And yes, weightlifting is good, but you also should have some sort of cardiovascular activity in there just to maintain good cardio. Because cardio has its own benefits, even though resistance training has more benefits, cardio has its own benefits. You want to be able to walk up the stairs without being out of breath. I feel like that should be a goal that everybody has. I know I used to not be able to do that, but then, hey, I started running and now I can walk up three flights of stairs and it's no problem. Nice. Yeah, okay, thank you. Yeah, I think that that's helpful to hear because sometimes I neglect that part, but I know it's important, especially as I'm running longer, I do find that, okay, I'm burning fewer and fewer calories, even though I'm still running a long distance. and I don't feel as well if I'm not, not getting some sort of resistance training in. Yeah, exactly. Because they are, they are conflicting. Like cardio, as you get more efficient, muscle is uh, energy dense tissue. It takes more energy to maintain muscle than it does to maintain fat. So your body is naturally going to cut your muscle down once you do like a lot of cardio. So to counteract that, that's where resistance training comes in. Thank you. No problem. All right. That is fitness tips of Jazzy. This installment. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So next we're going to do roses, buds, and thorns. The reason we do this is to just um, encourage a sense of authenticity. So a rose is something that's going well. A bud is something you're looking forward to. And a thorn is something that went wrong this week. So Kaylee, what's your thorn this week? Oh, we're starting with Thorn. <laughs> um, you want to end on a happy note. Yes. Okay. That That's a good point. Um, I guess kind of relating to, to your 
podcast before the last one, the in the lows, um, navigating your lows. I I'm struggling with motivation and it's been really hard to get back into the rhythm of things. And so I've been really tired and not wanting to do things, but I think getting back into a schedule will help with that. But right now I'm still kind of on the, I don't know what I'm doing yet (laughs) uh, part of that. And so that's just been tough, but I'm trying to be patient with myself through that. Yeah, you'll get through it. It's the beginning of the school year. So right now it's like you have the excuse because you're not fully seasoned yet, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, I would say my thorn this week is I just did in the last episode, it was like 10 tips for success. And one of them was about communicating effectively. And my whole weekend was really not that. Like a lot of stuff went wrong just because of a lack of communication. So that's my thorn this week. Make sure you're communicating with people effectively as much as you can. All right. What's your bud? My bud. I'm I'm looking forward to this semester. I have fewer classes than I did last year. And they're classes that I'm excited about. I really like the the groups that I'm teaching. And so I'm looking forward to how this this semester will go. I think it'll be a good one. What classes are you teaching? Um, I'm teaching the 20th century analysis class. So right now we're working with modes. Exciting. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. My bud. I guess I'm looking forward to continuing my lessons right now because I mentioned how impactful that one lesson with Professor Brown was already. And I just know how many consistent lessons with her are going to be on my playing. So I'm excited for the growth I'll be able to make studying with her over the next two years. So, yeah. That's awesome. And your rose. I'm really enjoying it. I've gotten to talk to you twice now this week. And that's been a, a big highlight because I miss having you here. And so it's it's been really nice to be able to, to catch up. I was going to say that was my rose too. cute yeah so now Kaylee's back in Michigan like all the way in Lansing which is nine hours from me in Baltimore so we used to hang out at least like twice a week and go on really long walks and go to Soul Nutrition (laughs) in Lansing and get a ton of shakes but now we can't really do that so we're doing the like walk and talk thing we're talking on this podcast obviously but we're going to try to maintain better communication um in the next few weeks yeah all right so thank you so much for coming on the show where can people find you uh thank you for having me by the way this was a lot of fun um, I don't post a lot, but I, I am on Facebook, just Kaylee Bernard, and then um, I'm on Instagram, it's kbernard7. Uh, again, I don't post a lot, but when I do post, it's usually about running, so. I didn't know you were on Instagram. Yeah. Oh. That's probably right. because I don't post very much. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so everyone go follow her, encourage her to post more. <laughs> yes you should post your runs I think that might be inspiring to some people yeah I should I've gotten to now I'm on Strava so I'm kind of doing that but I should yeah I'll 
I'll try to do better at that. That can be one of my goals is to share that, especially the bad days. That's I yes. think, something that should be talked about more. <laughs> yep. All right. So thank you for listening this week. Please come back next week. I don't know what next week's episode is going to be on. It will be something interesting. But in the meantime, leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Share with your friends and family and ask questions if you have any. You can find us on social media and that will be covered in the outro where you can find me anywhere. So thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Harmony and Healing. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Harmony and Healing Podcast. And you can find me personally at The Jazzy Tubist on both Facebook and Instagram. And at my website, jasminepiggit.com. I'll see you next Thursday.